What's up, everybody? Welcome to I Have Issues, episode number three. This is going to be for the week of February the 10th, 2021. We're going to have a full slate of books this week. We're going to have Marvel, DC, and a couple of uh, indie titles. I believe one from Image and one from Boom. So, again, want to thank everybody for listening, wherever you're listening to uh, this podcast on, whether it's Spotify, uh, Apple Music now. Thank you, uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, Spotify, I think I said that already, Breaker, Radio Public, uh, Pocket Cast, wherever it is that you're, you're, you found this great show at, uh, thank you so much for your for listening, and be sure to go to the social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, both are at i.have.issues.comics. Sounds like I'm reading a weird plug for a website or something every time I say it, and I have to make sure I slow down, otherwise I screw it up like I did the last time. <laughs> anyway. Again, thanks so much for the support. Go to those pages, follow us there, follow me there. Um, in the meantime, let me go ahead and tell you real quick uh, about what's going on with uh, a couple other podcasts that are going to be coming out. Not just for me; they won't just be me. Uh, Fat Boy Entertainment. That's what this uh, this shows the is going to be under that umbrella. Uh, you can follow both of those, or you know, on Facebook and Instagram. We have, um, <clears throat> we're going to have a couple of different podcasts on there. Uh, we're going to have our main show, which is going to be me, uh, Manny, and Sam. Uh, In Your House Sports is coming back, making its glorious return. Uh, this time I'll be on there uh, with those two. Those guys have had uh, In Your House Sports. Uh, they've had that up and going for about five years, and so they decided it was time to rebrand. And, hey, they, I was lucky enough for them to, to pick me to be on it, so... I'm honored to be a part of that. Uh, then you'll also have uh, Manny's podcast, which is going to be called Untamed with Manny D. So there's that. And then Sam. Samuel's going to have his podcast. We don't know exactly what name he's decided on yet, but once we get that information, we'll have that out to you, everybody. Uh, in the meantime, let's go ahead and get back into some comics talk, and let's start the show off right. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to start off with the indie books this week. So starting out, of course, Mighty Morphin, uh, issue four. This is by Ryan Parrott. Uh, first of all, I love this series. I really do. Uh, if you have wanted to get into this book, starting off at Mighty Morphin issue one is probably where you're going to get, especially if you haven't jumped on yet, uh, because there's a lot of to get, a lot to get into. I guess if you want to read and know kind of where everything kind of stands and everything, you would want to go back and reread everything. But if you're just a, you know, a first-time reader, perfect time right now to jump on board uh, at since it's only four issues in. Um, this issue, again, the artwork is great. Um, I love the entire style that they have for this Mighty Morphin uh, uh, run. So pretty much this picks up with uh, 
the Rangers getting their Zords and they're fighting this super, uh, super putty essentially is what he is. Uh, but he's he has these this mystical power, and you know it's uh, continuing from the previous uh, issue. So, you know they're fighting uh, the putty. That's the Tiger Zord, and then the Thunder Zord, and they're struggling. <laughs> they're struggling to to hurt him. Well, then the Green Ranger shows up. That's right. There's a green and a white ranger now. So there's a new Green Ranger. Green Ranger shows up, calls a Dragon Zord. And all hell starts to break loose. Uh, we do get the reveal of who the new Green Ranger is at the very end of this issue. I will not spoil it, uh, but definitely worth checking out. Next up, we had Undiscovered Country. Uh, it's uh, Scott Snyder and Charles Soule writing this bad boy. Uh, this was a, a good issue. The last few issues I've been down on but this one, I think this one really, really brought the interest back up for me. Uh, this is the end of the second arc, uh, issue 12 is. So pretty much, you know, everybody's in suspended animation. They're kind of, they have a clone made of them, everybody that's in there. And well, the Destiny Man's coming through and he's destroying, you know, he's pretty much uh, destroying all of Unity, which is the territory that they're in. And, you know, it's, like I said, it, it's one of those that's really, really interesting. It's an interesting concept, uh, which is why I was so interested in this title to begin with. But, again, this this is a great, great book. Uh, like I said, there, there's some lull. The last, like I said, three, four-ish, about three issues have really kind of lulled me to sleep on it. But this one really brought the interest back up. I was, my thing was, if this book was not was not where I wanted it to be I was going to drop the book I was going to drop it since this was a perfect place the end of an arc drop it but now it, it's caught my intrigue again because <clears throat> you know you're kind of seeing maybe you know like, like like any good mystery maybe everybody's not who they think who you think they are you know the people that are they're trying to be the good guys maybe they're not the good guys uh, and that's essentially kind of where this is, you know, like I said, the Unity's getting destroyed by the Destiny Man. But the more and more that gets revealed, you're kind of thinking, well, is the Destiny Man really doing harm? Is he really, is he really doing something that he's not supposed to, or that, you know, they don't want him to do? Is he doing the right thing, or is, is his way the right way? <laughs> um... But that's that's kind of where it is. Again, art's, art's great. Um, the story is, is well written. There's a lot of dialogue in it. Uh, that's probably the only negative thing I can say about this issue is there's a lot of dialogue. But to explain everything that's going on, it's kind of necessary. However, you know, uh, if you've continued, if you've been reading this series, uh, definitely worth continuing uh, because it leaves you off in a very interesting place. So I will definitely keep reading uh, Undiscovered Country. <clears throat> uh, so let's go ahead and go with the uh, what else came out this week uh, in Image, since we did Image and we did Boom. So let's start with Image. Uh, low issue 26. I'm not sure what that's about. Homesick Pilots number three. Also not sure. 
Kick-Ass versus Hit-Girl, issue 4 as well. I've heard good things about that one. Commanders in Crisis, issue 5. I read the first issue of this. Was very, very, very unimpressed. <laughs> Did absolutely nothing for me. The, the concept was cool. The artwork wasn't bad. I mean, I actually liked the artwork, but the story... It didn't do it for me. I, I, to me, it had no redeeming qualities. It was all over the place that first issue, so it I, I couldn't continue on with it. But maybe it's gotten better. I'm not sure. Uh, also, uh, and last from Image, uh, we had Bliss issue number five. So there's all the Image books that were out this week that I did not read. Uh, then we also have now. Let's go to Boom. Uh, boom. Let's see. Origins issue number four. Not 100% sure what that is. And uh, then we have The Last Witch issue two. And then we have a number one. Orcs number one. Alright, so that's all, everything that was uh, the indie titles this week. So let's move on. Alright, so we're going to start out Marvel with Amazing Spider-Man issue 59. This is continuing uh, the negative space storyline. <clears throat> so, this was fine. Uh, a lot of setup in this issue, uh, pretty much. You know, uh, all the, uh, the negative demons are there fighting Spider-Man. At feast, they're wanting uh, Martin Lee, Mr. Negative. So, <clears throat> you know, Peter's doing everything he can. He's fighting them off. One of them happens to grab Aunt May. And pretty much uh, Martin Lee decides, you know what? You know, let's just give them what they want. They want me, so I'm going to keep, uh, to save May's life, I'm going to, you know, just surrender myself. So, of course, his sins end up coming back into him. He becomes Mr. Negative again. Well, then here comes the kingpin. <laughs> so, Wilson Fisk is up to no good, apparently. Uh, so it seems. He's, you know, it's 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 the kingpin, man. He's always up to something. He's never trying to do the right... If he's doing the right thing, it's probably because there's a, there's a, there's a catch involved. So, <clears throat> and that's where this leads out. Uh, Norman Osborn, meanwhile, is trying to make good with, uh, you know, uh, his daughter-in-law and with his grandson and... So he's trying to have a bonding moment there. So otherwise, you know, this was mostly a setup issue. Uh, very good, though. Um, necessary. But that was uh, Spider-Man by Nick Spencer, issue 59. And then we had uh, Darth Vader. Switching on to the next book. Uh, Star Wars Darth Vader, issue 10 by Greg Pak. Do not sleep on Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, if you're not reading... 
uh, Darth Vader, what the hell is wrong with you? Uh, this book is amazing. This is always uh, very consistent. This has probably been one of the more consistent books uh, out there. I, I have yet to be bored with an issue of this run so far. Uh, this was a very, very, very strong contender for pick of the week. Uh, but ultimately, we're just gonna—it it landed here. <laughs> so Vader's pretty much getting chased by the Empire. Um, you know, Emperor's pretty much deemed him. You know, on he put he pretty much Palpatine put Vader on his shit list. So you know, Vader had to rebuild himself. His you know body's pretty much been beat. You know, destroyed. He had to rebuild himself. Now he's on the run and he can't use the Force. So he took the bounty hunter that was supposed to kill him. Now he's basically kind of dragging him along. Uh, and then they run into this big space tentacle looking squid, octopus. He, he kind of looks like Shumagorath from, uh, from, Mar from you know, the actual Marvel series. That's uh, what it looks like. Well, he's getting chased. But dude, Vader just proves he's a freaking badass. You know, turns around, goes head first into this horde of star destroyers and or this whole fleet of star destroyers and tie fighters and just starts slowly taking them out but he realizes man it's <laughs> it's it's a death it's a death trap to try to keep keep this up you can take out you know as many as you can but it's not going to be enough so that's just that's just where it is and then decides you know what it's time to turn around let's face the music so that's uh, Vader issue 10. Then we had another, <clears throat> a very good series that's been going on. Taskmaster issue 3, written by McKay. Uh, this book, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I know this is, this Taskmaster book was put out to be part of, uh, you know, since Black Widow was supposed to have already have come out. This was meant to go along with all that but you know <laughs> shit happens anyway so Taskmaster is still trying to clear his name uh, that he didn't kill Maria Hill and so he pretty much he he's it's it starts off the issue with him basically messing with these uh, Koreans <laughs> he's in Korea and he's you know these smugglers and all that he's basically been giving them all these these drugs that and injections that they think is going to give them superpowers that's what he keeps telling them of course you know fury's like dude seriously what are you doing you, you you're still there he's like yeah man he goes I, and you know and they're talking in a different talking in arabic i believe and he's just like yeah man they don't speak arabic they don't know what the hell i'm talking about they're they're not injecting anything <laughs> so you know then of course one of the korean superheroes shows up and you know shit goes they think they have superpowers to go to fight them doesn't turn out so well well taskmaster ends up having some pen particles or some bootleg pen particles and shrinks himself down and kind of follows them back to uh good guys headquarters and so it's pretty much he's trying to get as much information on everybody to kind of clear his name to say hey look I could have broke in here. I could have done all these things. I could have killed all y'all, but I didn't. And he's deathly afraid. Some for some reason, he can get his ass kicked by Hyperion, you know. <laughs> but he's deathly afraid of Black Widow. Why? Who knows? 
again, probably having to tie in with the movie. So that was uh, Taskmaster issue three. Then we had another book that was another very strong contender for pick of the week. It was X-Force issue 17 by Benjamin Percy. This book focused on Quentin Quire, uh, Omega Kid. Kid Omega. Or Omega Kid. Which is it? Is it Omega Kid or Kid Omega? I'm double checking because I don't remember. Is it Kid Omega or is it Omega Kid? That really upsets me. Yeah, Kid Omega. I was right whatever time I said Kid Omega. Anyway, uh, Kid Omega. <clears throat> Quentin Quire. So pretty much, this is, this is purely about him in this issue. Uh, it's all about his many deaths that he's died since he's been in X-Force. And it seems like every mission, every mission, he's been one to, to get killed. So, um, you know, he's has bits and pieces of memory of his memories whenever he gets resurrected. And since he's a part of X-Force, they get, you know, special perks when they get resurrected. Uh, it's Krakoan Law that since he's you know since X Force is the first ones out there, they're the Black Ops teams. They get whenever they get resurrected, they have you know special requests that they want. They have to live up to them. So, uh, like I said, he's he goes to save every to go save this cruise ship that's a little too close to Krakoa because um, everybody else in X Force is busy. You know, everybody else is off Kokoa. Everybody else is doing their own thing. They've been assigned something else. So he goes to check it out himself. Goes to save this little kid, this little girl. But then he dies, and he doesn't know what happened. In comes uh, one of the Kuko, the Kuko, uh, Kuko, the Kuku sisters. That's I'm just gonna say the Kuku sisters. Um, you know, the psychic clones of Emma Frost. Anyway, Kuku. Yeah, I'm gonna last time I say it. Anyway, so he's been seeing, you know, Phoebe, and so she, you know, they have a date. They go on their little date. Pretty much, you find out his insecurities and all these different things. This issue is pretty much him trying to piece together everything that's been going on because you find out somebody's setting up X Force or the Krakoa to basically look like assholes. <laughs> <laughs> which I mean the mutants kind of are assholes but you know they're trying to make them seem like they're the enemies that they're the evil evil mutants that are trying to take over you know yada 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 and so Quentin's trying to figure out what the hell's going on he's trying to get over his own personal shit and figure out exactly how he can stop whatever's going on what he can do to help this so again it's a really good really good issue uh, very deep dive into uh, Quentin Quire. Uh, I believe pretty much every every person that's been on X Force has kind of had their own uh, specialized issue, and it's about time you know uh, Kid Omega got his. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about what else came out for Marvel this week that I did not read. Uh, we had Fantastic Four issue twenty nine. Did not read that. That is a King and Black tie-in. And then we had Excalibur issue 18. Did not read that. Still have not felt the need to pick that one back up. <clears throat> uh, we had Eternals issue number two. Didn't get that one. 
did hear good things about the first issue. Still just not enough intrigue on my end to actually pick that up. Then we had uh, Sword, issue three. That is uh, uh, another King in Black tie-in. Just no interest there. <laughs> uh, we had another King in Black tie-in. We had uh, Black Panther. I believe this is a one-shot. Uh, supposedly it's a really good issue. Uh, a lot of a lot of videos went out on it this morning. Uh, did not read it. Uh, it may it may not have direct ties into the story, so it may be something you need to know. It may not be. Just depends on how the direction they're going to go in. Find out soon enough. Uh, another King and Black tie-in we had uh, Thunderbolts issue two. Not reading Thunderbolts. Uh, we had Morbius Bond of Blood issue one. It's Morbius. There's a movie coming out, so they're going to redo, start putting out an emphasis on Morbius. <laughs> uh, Power Pack Issue 3. Not my cup of tea. Uh, and then finally, I believe that was finally. Yes, finally, we have Wolverine Black, White, and Blood Issue Number 3. I believe this is, a, this is, it has like three different stories in it. And uh, all the, the, the gimmick for it is all the artwork is in black and white and red which is going to be for the blood so that's the uh that's the gimmick for that book anyway so that's marvel for this week let's uh let's kick on over and finish this out So now picking up with DC. Coming out the gates, we had Dark Detective issue number three uh, by Tamaki. I really was hoping this was going to be more than what it was. It was good, don't get me wrong. Because uh, all the promo pic pictures and the cover covers and all that depicted, you know, Batman meeting the next Batman. Uh, I mean, it happened. It happened, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't quite what we were all hoping. At least, not what I was hoping would happen. Um, so pretty much, <clears throat> you know, it picks back up with Bruce. He's basically what he calls fly fishing. He's basically finding out that there's these, uh, these nanotech drones that are everywhere in Gotham. And so he's basically trying to hope that maybe he can snag a few or snag one and be able to hack into the system see exactly what the hell's going on he's finally able to get it done then he finds out holy crap this is way bigger than i ever thought it was <laughs> you know there's you know hundreds of thousands of drones out here in gotham um like i said he has a brief interaction with the next batman it's literally like one two pages at the most <laughs> and it's just uh Hey, who the hell are you? Hey, who are you? Kind of, oh, okay, good talk. 
whatever, and then they go their separate ways. So a little disappointed in that aspect. The uh, the backup story for this was uh, part two of uh, Grifter's story, which the story was fine. Uh, the backup story with Grifter was good. I mean, I like the first one a little bit better. The conclusion to this one, I don't know. It's just that the ending I didn't really care for. It was fine. It had some redeeming qualities to it, but again, it just mm, didn't do it for me. I, I, it, it really rubbed me the wrong way. It made me, you know, rub. It, it made some of the characters look bad, and that, and, and without you know finding out exactly what the hell's going on, you know, and later, or you know, what happens to these other characters, it just leaves you with more more questions and answers. Then we had Justice League. Uh, Future State Issue 2 by Joshua Williamson. This was really good. I enjoyed this. This was uh, this was a real another real strong contender for pick of the week. Uh, fortunately, wasn't wasn't enough to get there. Uh, pretty much, it's the uh, the White Martians have taken over and they've uh, replaced the Justice League. Uh, and they've locked them away in this pocket uh, Earth, sent them to this other Earth. And, you know, it, it's the uh, Justice League trying to figure out how to get out off that Earth to get back to their Earth. Um, and they're able to do so. Meanwhile, the White Martians are planning to figure out how to mind control everybody on Earth. So that way they can have the revenge on the Justice League and on Earth for, for banishing them to that to that other, uh, other Earth that they did that was just basically fire. <laughs> it was ash and fire, of course, you know. Martians are afraid of fire, so it was an Earth fire. So, uh, and then you know, puts together with the Justice League working together. You know, they're trying not to make the same mistakes that their predecessors had made, and you know, they figured that not knowing who you know each other's secret identities, not being friends, that that would help it keep it more professional. Which was the funny way of looking at it. Yeah, they figured it would be a way to keep them from maybe making bad choices, you know, just, I don't know. The thought, it sounds good when they, (laughs) when you read it and it sounds good when they say it, it's just, you know, when you think about it, it's like, well, no, that's, (laughs) it's kind of dumb. But again, they put it together really well. The artwork is fantastic. Uh, uh, And the story was good and it wrapped up. I wish it was a little bit longer, but the story did what it needed to do. It had a backup story. Uh, also, with Justice League Dark, which I really dug. I dug the artwork. I liked... The only thing I didn't like was the ending. <laughs> Again, I do not like the ending on some of these stories uh, the Future State has given us. This one, you know, with the Justice League Dark, I liked the art. I liked how they used Etrigan. I liked how they used Detective Chimp. And uh, Dr. Fate, I enjoyed all of that, but I didn't enjoy, again, the ending. But, you know, they have this big mystical fight. Merlin has basically tricked them, and then you find out what kind of happened to Jason Blood, because he's thought to be dead. Kind of find out what happens there. Uh, But, yeah, uh, you know, the backup story was great until the ending. (laughs) Backup story was great until the ending. Um, And, unfortunately... 
unless they do something further with uh, the Justice League Dark in this story, we're never going to know kind of what happens. <laughs> so then we have Future State Teen Titans. This was also very, very, very strong contender for uh, Pick of the Week uh, by Sheridan. Pretty much you find out kind of what happened. It ties in. This ties in really well. You find out more about how the Flash uh, issue two, kind of where where Wally plays into this, uh, to this story. Pretty much, you find out that Wally is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Not that apocalypse, but <laughs> uh, so there's a war, which is Ares. There's a uh, death. Uh, I forget what the other one is, but Wally ends up being famine. So Wally. You know, siphons off their life force and all that. So, I like it. There's a funny part on it where, you know, Deathstroke, or not Deathstroke, Nightwing is put on a Deathstroke-looking costume mask. And he, uh, <laughs> you know, of course, Starfire comes in and she's pissed off that he's dressed up like Deathstroke. And she so she calls him Deathwing. And then, of course, Cyborg and Beast Boy are merged together. He's like, and he says... Actually, I was thinking more dick stroke and cyborg cuts him off before he can finish, but I thought it was I, I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> it was a good thing. You don't find out who Red X is. Unfortunately, they're saving that for their Teen Titans Academy. Uh, but overall this was a really good story. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it. It also ties into Shazam as well. The Shazam Future State, all that kind of merges into one another. It ends this story. And then it makes those other ones make a lot more sense as to where they fit in. Uh, we also have a Robin Eternal issue number two, uh, Fitzmart by Fitzmartin. This book was really good. Uh, coming into it, I didn't, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I liked, I enjoyed the first Robin Eternal. I figured, well, might as well read the second one. You know, there's only going to be two of them, and I was thoroughly impressed i enjoyed it because you know it was real good writing the artwork was fantastic pretty much you know in the last story tim who's robin in this tim drake died but then got brought back to life by the the resin which is uh supposed to be for the magistrates uh artificial droids that they're using to that they're going to try to use to you know man gotham and do all this other things <clears throat> And, you know, he gets resurrected by that stuff that they're using to fuel it. Well, it wasn't meant for organic life. So he comes back to life, and now he's got this incredible super strength, but he's also hearing voices in his head, kind of what the... La he's basically going crazy, having effects of the Lazarus Pit. So he's hearing a voice from Two-Face, which he's having uh, slight... slight uh, bits of his memory come back to those events but then they're different and so he has Two-Face talking to him in one then he has Bruce talking to him in another as Batman and then he'll have he has Dick uh, Nightwing and Damien as Robin basically taunting him you know and in the meantime he's trying to save uh, uh, Stephanie <clears throat> spoiler and oh what's, what's her name I can't remember her name anyway who he brought that brings in there to help him um, but the overall, you know, again, this ends really well. This ties in completely good 
or you know completely well to all the other bat bat books um be interesting to see how they wrap up future state for uh with all this magistrate so should be good then we had rorschach issue five man i don't know what to think of this rorschach <laughs> i really don't uh every single one of these issues is completely different like there's no there's no common theme as to how all these are constructed which i guess is good and the artwork is fantastic uh tom king say what you will about tom king he definitely knows how to make things different <laughs> um i'm enjoying it you know you're kind of finding out kind of it's all behind the scenes kind of things as to how you know the kid was convincing all these different people that they were Rorschach and you know reincarnated um, and you're kind of trying to figure out the ties as to where uh, President Turley kind of is kind of why they would maybe want to kill him and how he's trying to spin it to where it looks like he's the good guy or he's the complete victim you know why would they want to assassinate him? Think yada yada yada. So it's it's interesting. Like I said, it's it's hard to pin it down. It's not boring. It's just it's confusing, <laughs> and it's just one of those that you're like, hmm. I don't really know. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. It's it's Tom King at his finest. You're like, okay, the artwork is fantastic. But I don't know where the hell he's going with this. So, uh, but that was everything for DC that I read this week. Uh, also out, we had uh, The Green Lanterns, Season 2, Issue 11. Then we had uh, Future State Green Lanterns, Issue 2. Not reading that. Uh, Future State Superman Wonder Woman, Issue 2. Uh, then we had uh, Kara zor Superwoman, Issue Number 2. Didn't read that. Uh, one shot. It's a 80-page uh, double, triple issue. Uh, it's called DC Love is a Battlefield. It's an oversized book. But again, didn't... I almost got this, but it's, you know, it's Valentine-themed and all that other stuff. So, But I just thought, eh, I can do it without, one, without this one uh, for now. Uh, we had Sweet Tooth, The Return, issue four. Not reading that by Jeff Lemire. And we had American Vampire 1976, issue number five. Again, I was reading that. Dropped it after issue three. Just wasn't doing it for me anymore. So that was DC for this week. So now, let's go ahead and jump in to the pick of the week. And now we've got the pick of the week all right so pick of the week is going to daredevil issue 27 by chip zadarsky that's right daredevil takes pick of the week again just like it did for uh the not last week the week before we had uh daredevil take the pick of the week so this picks right up where it left off <clears throat> with uh daredevil or with matt murdoch uh, be getting uh, venomized more or less uh, by Null. So it starts out pretty much. <clears throat> uh, uh, Wilson Fisk Kingpin's getting told, "Hey, look, 
the news is out, uh, we're fucked. <laughs> Essentially, he's like, you know, his his guys are telling him, look, you know, we were, war- you know, or you know, it's bad. You know, the Avengers have fallen. You know, they're getting taken over by whatever this thing is that's that's come to hit us. You know, this alien invasion. And Fisk is like, look, they they tried to tell me. And they're like, well, what do you mean they try to tell me? They try to tell you. And he's like, look, they tried to warn me, but I didn't want to listen because I figured I knew better. But it looks like we're screwed. And he keeps saying, you know, he wants Typhoid Mary found. So then it picks up with her. Venomize, she's chasing Electra, <clears throat> And uh, the little girl who uh, was running from her mom, who was also nullified. <clears throat> so pretty much... You know, Typhoid Mary's like, I, I'm here for Daredevil. Of course, Elektra now is Daredevil. So then she ends up, uh, Typhoid Mary, that is, ends up killing the other nullified uh, woman. Ends up taking the symbiote to herself, making herself more powerful. So now Elektra's trying to run with this <clears throat> with this girl, trying to get her to safety <clears throat> and not uh, <clears throat> not kill Typhoid, Typhoid Mary because she knows that's not what Matt would do. So then it goes back to Matt in the uh, in the prison as he's being taken over by Noel. He's he's resisting him as best he can. You know, Noel's asking him, why do you resist? He's like, I don't want this. He's like, you don't want to be better to be Noel? And he's like, you're the devil. I'm a man of God. And <laughs> so Noel tells him, he's like, reductive, foolish. I see your heart. You have become the devil. And Matt tells him, but I strive to live in God's light. Noel tells him, don't you see? You do live in God's light. My light. Noel's light. And Matt just basically rejects it, breaks out, and starts fighting the other symbiotes. And he's resisting him. Which is something Noel's, like, impressed by. He's like, you know, hey, that's, you know, you're you're one of the very few beings that have been able to resist me. But ultimately, the ones that have been able to resist me, you know, aren't able to do so for very long. You know, they almost win, but they ultimately fail because, you know, they're full of, of, you know, false faith in themselves. And then he asks uh, Matt, he says, but do you really believe in your God? He says, when your loved ones uh, die or ascend to your heaven, you weep, you well, because deep in your heart, you know, there's no such thing, which is why Noel wins. And that point, uh, (laughs) Matt's still fighting the other. Uh, symbiotes, one of them walks up behind him, grabs a uh, uh, cable with the wires exposed and basically electrocutes uh, Matt in the back. Matt tells him no. Responding to Noel, he's like, you're wrong. He says, I weep and I well because deep down I suspect that I'm not worthy of God's love as he's getting shocked. He's telling this to Noel. <clears throat> he says, and heaven is out of my reach. So then it cuts back to Electra. She's basically throwing all these these uh, construction site beams, you know, these these steel beams at Typhoon Mary, hoping that'll slow her down. Uh, she's trying to to get that other uh, symbiote away. Didn't quite kill her yet. So, you know, the girl's got her mom. I'm sorry, uh, the mom has the daughter, and is trying to basically turn her into uh, to nullify her, essentially give her a symbiote, and. So Electra comes in, has to try to stop her. But before Electra can jump in, you know, Typhoid Mary comes in, boom, kills her, takes the symbiote over. 
uh, or basically takes the symbiote from her. Uh, so now Electra's trying to f jump in and fight. She's like, look, kid, you need to run. This thing wants me, so you get the hell out of here. <laughs> so then it goes back to uh, to Matt. And uh, so basically Null's telling him, look, you need to give in. He's like, look, I, I can appreciate what you do. You know, I can appreciate your fight. I'm impressed by it. But, you know, you, you need to give in. Like, this is, this is what ultimately is going to happen. You're going to give in and I'm going to control your body. And so... Uh, Matt tells him, he says, you think you're, you think you're God, but you're a fool. I'm not just Matt Murdock. I'm Daredevil. So then he breaks out of being shocked and starts fighting back. And he says, he says, and you're fucked. <laughs> and he grabs one of the other, uh, the guards that was infected by the symbiote, grabs him and electrocutes him, basically getting the symbiote off of him. <laughs> well, you know, Noel's just kind of like, okay, well, you know, this isn't, this isn't a victory, Daredevil. But my soldiers are needed elsewhere, so they're gonna they're gonna be gone from from your little your little uh, prison. Well, then, as Matt's kind of turning around to help the other uh, inmates and officers, he gets shot at by one of the other uh, guards, and one of the prisoners is like, "Hey, you idiot! He's trying to help you!" <laughs> and he gets shot. That being he being uh, Matt, and Noel's still taunting him. He says, "Like, but you're st I'm still with you." He's like, my powers, my rage, everything. You know, this isn't just a path towards freedom. So Matt freaks out and he's like, oh crap. He knows that he's not gonna, he can't get rid of him that easy. That he can't just overpower him. And then, so Matt runs into the next room, breaks through the glass, sits in the electric chair. And, you know, Null's still telling him, he's like, you're your own weakness. You're your own greatest weakness, you know. You know, to keep me at, you know, to keep your troll, you have to keep me at bay. He says, but it's getting hard for you to do this. You just, you can't do it. And so he tells him, he says, look, no one can fight me forever except those who live forever. And so Matt puts the, uh, the, uh, I don't know what you would call that. The, the headdress, the headpiece, the helmet <laughs> for the electric chair turns, uh, puts it on his head, has one of the other inmates pull the, the lever and electrocutes him, <laughs> thus basically uh, getting rid of the symbiote. The symbiote leaves Matt, and he falls down. Is like, okay, see, it's easy to live forever. Uh, so then it cuts back to Electra fighting with Typhoid Mary. So she's fighting her, and she realizes she can't. She's hurting her as much as she can, but it's not doing her any good. You know, and she's like, I can't kill. You know this thing. Because that's not what Matt would do. So she gets thrown out of the uh, the construction site, out of the the building that's being built. She gets thrown out onto a car below, and she fakes her death. Essentially, she's able to stop her heart and stop her breathing, make it look like um, make it look make it look like that's that she died. Because that's what she knew. That's what the uh, Typhoid Mary wanted to see, and that after she saw that, that she would just get up and leave. <clears throat> and so, uh, she uh, <laughs> she ends up Electra ends up saying to herself, she says, "You don't have the you don't have to always be like Matt to be Daredevil, but sometimes I would, you know, but sometimes it couldn't hurt to try." As she comforts the little girl whose mom had just died, 
So, and it ends there. And that was issue 27 of Daredevil. But, you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to break my own rule for a second. And by that, I mean we're going to have a second pick of the week. And that second pick of the week is Radiant Black number one from image by kyle higgins i i just couldn't i couldn't pick one between these two it this was incredible i love this book um you know it starts out with uh <clears throat> with a guy you know he's basically getting denied a loan <laughs> and he's you can see his his bank account he's only got 46 dollars to his name and he owes about $38,000 <laughs> on a credit card. He's $38,000 in debt. And he's working this dead-end job in L.A. He's basically an Uber. Uh, and, you know, and he's calling, you know, he's talking to somebody from the bank, and they're just like, look, you know, your your loan application's been denied. And he's like, uh, okay, well, did they give a reason? Nathan is his name, and so he's like, look, you just, you got to tell me, you know, what what can I do, you know? And they're like, well, look, there's a lot of factors that go into these decisions. He's like, you know, your debt to income ratio is quite high. And he's like, yeah, that's that's the point of me trying to get this loan. He's like, but, you know, and the loan officer's like, well, look, you know, unfortunately, there's not really anything we can do. You know, it's like, look, until you get your income up. And he's like, seriously, that's what you <laughs> that's your answer. You know, he's like, I wouldn't need a loan if I could get my income up. And so he's kind of snapping back and forth. He's like, look, I'm sorry. This is just embarrassing. He's like, look. I just, I, it, I just assure you, it's a temporary situation. I'm a writer, and I've had a bunch of short stories published in this, on a Shaky Alibi. I'm working on my first novel right now, and as soon as the deal closes, I mean, literally, I'm on the way to meet with an agent. So please, anything you guys can do in the meantime would really help me out. But the uh, bank officer says, look, I'm sorry, Mr. Burnett. I really wish I could help you more, but my hands are tied. If anything changes, though, please don't hesitate to reach out and... You know, Nathan's just like, yeah, okay, thanks. And he just burst into tears crying. And, you know, the next person walks up and is like, oh, oh, um, look, we can get another car if it's, you know, we didn't know this was going on. Look, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, 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 you're, you're good. Everything's everything's fine. So pretty much uh, Nathan had to move back in, back home in uh, Lockport, Illinois, a week later with his, with his parents. You know, he's in his 30s. Having to move back home from his dream job in L.A. as a writer to move back home with mom and dad. Something nobody ever wants to do. But, you know, tough times. Sometimes you got to do it. His parents are, you know, happy to have him home. His mom is, at least, you know. And his dad's like, hey, you know what? You deserve a lot of credit for at least trying. You know, it's not easy admitting that you failed. But, hey, it happens. Well, then his buddy comes around. <clears throat> excuse me his buddy Marshall shows up is like hey man you know and is basically kind of kind of give him a hard time but he's like look uh you know you're back night one I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take you out on town and so he asks his parents and his mom's like well yeah of course you can he can go out with you tonight so you know they're at the bar they're bullshitting around and you just hear him yell 38,000 he's like are you shitting me 
He's like, dude, come on. He's like, no, man, I'm just saying that's a serious amount of insane credit card debt to have. He's like, you know, what happened? <laughs> He's like, did you buy a car and forget about it? And Nathan tells him, look, man, it's complicated. It's a lot of moving parts here. He's like, this novel I'm writing is based on one of the best short stories uh, there's this agent who's a big deal in the crime fiction world, and he's waiting for it. This guy's going to give me a huge deal for sure. I just have to finish writing the damn thing. In the meantime, though, yeah, I've gotten a little tight. And then so, you know, uh, Marshall asks him, he's like, but the million-dollar question is, are your parents going to help? And Nathan kind of just looks at him, this, like, sad grin. He's like, dude, they don't even know, do they? He's like, Jesus Christ, man. He's like, look, they don't have that. Uh, Nathan's like, look, they don't have that kind of money. He says, you know, he's like, and have you met my dad? He's like, he gets offended when a beer costs $12. And Marshall says, if you pay $12 for a beer, you deserve to be in crippling debt. So they're basically kind of bullshitting back and forth at the bar. You know, he's trying to make Marshall's trying to make Nathan feel better. But, you know, he's giving him, you know, he's being a smart ass. <laughs> you know, he's just giving him shit. He's like, look, man. Look, I'm here for you. I'm your buddy. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm. It's the only way I know how to try to cheer you up. So he's like, but you know what? Let's make, you know, let's let's look at the bright side. You're back here. You know, we can have fun. We'll be good. So they walk out of the bar drunk. And as they're walking out to the car, they see this little black orb just kind of in midair. They're not really sure what it is by the train tracks. And so they're looking at it. They walk over to it. And they're like, it looks kind of like a little mini black hole. Well, Nathan reaches out and grabs it. And he gets enveloped by this thing. And he gets this badass looking uh, suit. It looks like a little, it's a black and white. Uh, basically, he makes him look like a Power Ranger. A Power Ranger meets Iron Man. Or what the new Power Rangers ended up looking like. Minus the, uh, the black, you know, shield mask and... And color scheme but anyway <laughs> so you know he gets this new this new outfit he's not sure exactly what's going on he starts freaking out <laughs> nathan that is and he's freaking out and so he throws up and so these two cops walk over and they're like hey is everything going on over over here you know he's like yeah my buddy's just he's good he's just uh he's trying to prevent himself from having a hangover and the cops are like uh is he in a costume and so Marshall's like, I'm pretty sure that's none of your business, but yes, yes, he is. So the cops are telling him, look, you need to get off the uh, the train tracks right now. And so Marshall's just trying to keep them away from him. They're like, look, you're on the train tracks. You're on a railroad. You're on private tracks. You need to get off. And the whole time, uh, Nathan's like, uh, Marshall, Marshall, we got to get out of here. Dude, we got, and he's like, no, man, fuck that. We don't need to get out of here. And then uh, they're trying to tell him there's a train coming. Well, then finally the train comes, and just as it's about to hit them, uh, Nathan dives at Marshall, picks him up, saves him, and basically uses some type of psychic power that the suit's uh, giving off, and it picks up the train, picks up the, the cop car, and picks up the two cops, and just kind of picks them up and suspends them in midair. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, everybody's freaking out, like, what's going on? So... Uh, the cops are telling him to put him down and Marshall's like, wait, 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 hold on. Before you do that, he's like, are you going to arrest us? And they're like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, are y'all going to arrest us if we put you down? And he's like, cause you know, if you promise not to arrest us, we'll put you down. 
And one of the main cop that was doing the talking was like, that's extorting an officer. And the other one's like, his partner's like, no, 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 no. Fuck that. You put us down. He's And the, the first cop is like, dude, seriously? He's like, he goes, what do they do, man? He goes, and besides, how do you even write this up? I'm not equipped for heights, man. So he's freaking out. <laughs> so uh, Marshall turns to Nathan. He's like, can you fly? He's like, I really hope you can fly. So then uh, Nathan picks him up and they fly off. And uh, so now they're basically, they they're, they go off and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Because he, he's still trying to figure out how this suit works, his, his, what, what the suit even is. So he's like, look, man, I can't take this helmet off. And Marshall tells him, look, man, the last time when you moved the, you said when you, uh, you picked the train up and all that, you just had to think about it. He's like, well, let's just try that. So he's like, okay, I got this. So then he imagines taking the helmet off and the helmet comes off. So he's like, look, you know, I guess this is me for a reason. And then you basically, uh, Nathan ends up telling him kind of what happened. He's like, look, man, he says, I, I was afraid. He's like, he goes, look, I, I've been kind of lying, man. He goes, he goes, you know what? This is the worst part about coming home. It's not the debt. It's not feeling like I tried and failed. He goes, because that would imply that I actually did something. No, the worst part of the feeling, the worst part is the feeling like I had the chance to do something meaningful and I wasted it. He's like that agent I was telling you about. He's not waiting for my book. I mean, he was waiting for, he was waiting for my book like four years ago. He's like, but I still don't even have the first chapter ready. He's like, and even if I was, even if I wasn't ready or was too afraid to find out that I wasn't good enough at the one thing I wanted to do my whole life, I don't know. All that really matters is that when the opportunity was there, I didn't have it. Uh, I've screwed up too many things, man. He's like, you have no idea. But I have this now, and whatever it is, I know it's important. It means I can fly, I can lift trains. I felt so amazing, and the stakes just got a lot higher, and I can't, God, I, I can't screw this up, too. So Marshall's like, look, man, you're not going to screw this up. He's like, you got me. I'm not going to let you. So what we're going to do... We're going to do this thing together. We're in it together. And he's like, and who knows? You know, this this suit can do all kinds of cool stuff. Maybe it'll help you write. <laughs> so he's like, so as of tonight, um, you know, you, I'm just going to say you're pretty much one of a kind. Well, then you see in Chicago, which is down the road, I'm assuming. I don't know how far uh, Rockport, Illinois is from Chicago. But anyway, you go to Chicago, you see there's just burst in the ground and you see somebody else in a similar suit and with a red and black color scheme robbing a bank and that's how issue one ends that's radiant black by uh kyle higgins dude this this book was given uh the synopsis of this book and the artwork i uh, was was uh told to me by uh my buddy moses he's like man this looks pretty good he's like you got you should check it out so I'm glad I'm glad Moses told me about this. Otherwise, I might have might have skipped out on this. But yeah, Radiant Black and Daredevil, both are picks of the week. All right, and that's going to do it for this week's 
episode of I Have Issues. Thanks so much for joining me. Be sure to go uh, like this podcast or follow it wherever it is you're listening to. Subscribe, leave a review, whether it's you know Apple, Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Anchor, wherever it is, whatever it is. Um, like I said, subscribe so that way you can be notified whenever uh, each of these podcasts go up. Uh, also, go follow over on social media at i.have.issues.comics, both on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're looking for uh, the Fatboy Entertainment pages, uh, Facebook is FatboyENT21, all one word. Uh, Instagram is FatboyENT21. That's where you can find those. So, again, Thank you so much for joining. Uh, That's been all the comics for February 10th, 2021. We'll be back next week with more I Have Issues.